It can be hard to just be yourself and being afraid of judgment. Like I was so picky with every single thing that I did and I still kind of am, but I've let that part go a little bit because I've learned through my channel and through my subscribers and through my family, like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be so picky, like just put yourself out there. That's Lainey Edwards and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Lainey Edwards is the creator of Life with Lainey, a YouTube channel and blog, as well as her clothing brand, Cozy A. On this episode, we talk about her journey from high school YouTube star, to the multidimensional creator she is today. How her brand, Life with Lainey, has grown up with her and why it's important to keep trying new things that allow you to express your creativity as you never know what might be your next business opportunity. All that and so much more coming up, but first. If you're interested in discovering what possibilities and businesses are available for you to create and to live your most fulfilling life, please visit thepowerfulladies.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free coaching consultation with me. There is no reason to wait another day to not be living your best life when you instead could be running at full speed towards your wildest dreams today. Well, welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you, excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Let's begin by introducing yourself and telling everyone what you do. Sure. Um, so I'm Lainey Edwards. I go by Life of Lainey as like my branding. And I do a lot of different things, actually. I kind of just call myself a creative because it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, but yeah, I do YouTube. I have my own clothing, loungewear brand, um, pretty much anything creative. I do graphics. I do makeup on set. Like it's a whole bunch of just different things. Anything I can like use my hands or use any kind of technology is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and where are you based out of right now? Los Angeles right now. Nice. Yeah. Um, Cause you, I think grew up with a member of the powerful ladies team, Shay, and that's yeah. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. We grew, mm-hmm. we went to school together. We've known each other for like, I think it's been like 20 something years now, which is crazy, but yeah, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. So she told me about this and I was so excited about it. Very cool. Um, so how did your journey as the creator begin? So I actually started in high school is when I started my YouTube channel And I didn't tell anybody about it because I was embarrassed about it, even though I was posting videos on the internet for the world to see, but I just could not tell my classmates. So I didn't even tell my family until like a year into it. Like they thought I was just like, I don't know what they thought I was doing in my room, but (laughs) I didn't tell anyone. And then one of my classmates actually found out and like exposed me, (laughs) not really exposed me, but she just told everybody, which honestly was for the best because I needed to like get, you know, tell people and get support from my actual friends. So everyone found out and it was like a little embarrassing for me, but it it, it started to blossom into something that I actually really love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to college. I went to school for journalism because um, I my goal was to always like be on TV and be like a talk show host. Like that was always mm-hmm. my thing. But as after I graduated, I moved to L.A. because my family lived here and I turned more towards like creative stuff. Um, I ended up getting a job at a a makeup beauty subscription company. So I was mm-hmm. the content manager, which was really fun because I got to manage all of the content and actually like create and do everything that I loved 
with makeup. So it was fun because I love makeup and I also love to create things. So it was actually a really cool job. And I did that for two years. And then I recently just quit that job um, and kind of just kind of bet on myself and started to do my own thing and do my own branding. And which was really scary for me because I'm, you know, changes like can be very scary. And especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, it can get, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. So it was a big step mm-hmm. for me, but it really paid off. I launched my laundry brand. And since then it's been endless opportunities, a lot of support. So very thankful for that. How large is your YouTube channel for people who haven't followed you yet? Yeah. So I have 95,000 subscribers and it's just life of Laney. So I just kind of show my life the mm-hmm. vlog whenever I can. Sometimes I don't get videos up, but for the most part, (laughs) (laughs) that was my channel. And what inspired you to create a loungewear brand? Um, I love being comfortable. And that's like my main thing is I I like to always look cute, but also comfortable at the same time. So I started customizing my own loungewear at first because I wanted to do do something different because usually Mm -hmm. loungewear is kind of like basic items, which I love, but I wanted to like jazz it up a little bit. Um, so I started like bleaching and painting on my own like sweatpants and stuff like that. And I've just mm-hmm. posted it just to show everybody. And they were like, oh, you need to sell these. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll start a brand. And so I, cause I knew how to do branding from my nine to five job. Mm-hmm. So I was doing both of those things at the same time. Cause I launched my brand. It's called Cozier and I like got an LLC and everything. And then I was trying to do that and my job at the same time. And it was like double time, double branding. And I was like, eventually I'm just gonna have to choose one or the other. So I left my job, but it took about like, I would say four months before mm-hmm. I left my job and then took off with the with my clothing brand. And was clothing something that you had experience in before or like just um, what you were the DIYing at home? Yeah, it's interesting because I never, I love fashion, but I never saw myself in fashion ever. Both my mom and my sister um, are heavily into fashion. They also have their own like designs and um, clothing lines. And I always just kind of watch from the sidelines. Like I was more of like the the content and the graphics person. And I love just like kind of helping them with like an editing eye. And I, I really never thought I would be into the apparel world. Um and it just kind of happened by accident. So I, I've always loved fashion. And like on my YouTube channel, I would do fashion hauls and lookbooks and stuff like that, but never saw myself actually creating clothes myself. So the fact that that kind of just happened out of nowhere was a change for me, but it's been really fun because it's a combination of like a lot of different things. So still getting to do what I love, but it's a new area for me. Mm-hmm. Have you been leaning on your sister and your mom to get that brand off the ground? Um, I would say my, well, my mom is kind of more of the the business lady that helps me um, Mm -hmm. with like anything business related, but in terms of like the branding and kind of footsteps to follow, I do lean a lot on my sister because she had Mm -hmm. launched her brand before me. So she kind of knows like the ins and outs and she's been living in LA longer. So Mm -hmm. she showed me all of like the fashion district in LA where I get all my supplies. Like she knows Mm -hmm. every single store. It's like a jungle down there, but that's Mm -hmm. where I get all of my supplies. I would not have been able to do that without her. And everything, seeing what she's done, I've been able to kind of take that mold and do it myself. So it's definitely like a, we both help each other with our brands. Mm-hmm. What's her brand? So we can give her a shout out. Yeah. Hers is called Upstreet Kid. And it's nice. like, a, she actually like cuts and sews everything herself. Like she, I'm more of like a customizer lounger type of person, but she actually like creates the stuff herself and sells them. So mm-hmm. it's a different vibe. But it's, it's, it's really dope. What's it like coming from an entrepreneurial family? It's, I feel like I've been an entrepreneur my whole life because of that, because 
my mom, she did work like a job, but she also always had like an entrepreneur mind and she always was interested in fashion. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of was always normal to me. And I knew when I was working my nine to five that I wasn't going to be able to last that long because I was like always <laughs> just like, I can't sit in an office for too long. Like nothing against it. Like I learned a ton of things from mm-hmm. it, but I just can't sit in an office for eight hours a day. Like I just go crazy not being able to like do different things. So I knew that I needed to start my own business if I ever wanted to like work for myself. Um, so that's really what made me kind of take that leap. But I've always like, had little entrepreneurial like things here and there that I would sell random things growing up or like, you know, we had programs at school. So things like that, I always kind of, it was always in my mind, but taking the leap to actually do it is what is like the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. To How has it changed having your YouTube channel from high school through now? And how has it changed you as a person? Yeah. So I would say the beginning of my content, it's hard to, when you're like in high school, it's kind of intimidating to be yourself on mm-hmm. <laughs> on the internet. So like you're, you kind of try to put on this mask for people and be like this perfect little, you know, makeup guru or whatever. Um, so I would say like pretty much all throughout high school, that's what I was. And then mm-hmm. once I got to college, I started to find myself more and like figure out who I wanted to be and sh- actually show my college life. Because really what I want to be to everybody is just relatable, like to, to people to know, like we're all normal, like we all go through similar things and no one's better than another person. So I just want it to be more of a relatable channel channel, and not just like a mask mm-hmm. of me trying to, you know, fake something. So I think over the years, it's really just become me and like a portfolio of my life, basically, yeah. on my channel. Um, and I found that the audience response is a lot better just when you're yourself and you're relatable and you just, mm-hmm. you know, show your life. So instead of like all the fashion hauls and makeup videos, it turned more into like just my lifestyle. Um I would say I've gotten less consistent over the years because I've been so focused on all all these different things. Whereas in high school, I was able to really focus on it. But now going through college and then now being in my adulthood, it's hard to really just hone in on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I still, I still, to this day, I'm trying to figure out like my scheduling and how I want to do it and where I want to take my channel. It's like constantly evolving. But Mm -hmm. for now, my goal is to always still just to, you know, be relatable and show people my life and interact with people. That's my favorite thing. Mm Mm-hmm. What made you fall in love with makeup at the beginning? So I remember the first, I watched a makeup video on YouTube. And I, before that, I went to an all-girls school. Like, we really didn't wear makeup <laughs> at all. Um, so I didn't even, like, learn from my mom or anything like that. Like, we weren't really a big makeup family. I just remember being on YouTube one day and watching a, a random review on something. And this girl was, like, reviewing a product. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. This looks fun and easy. And I would just take all my allowance money and just go to Sephora and buy a whole bunch of makeup. I had no idea what I was doing or why I was doing it. Like, I didn't even use it because, as I said, Mm -hmm. I I went to an all-girls school, so I didn't even wear the makeup at all. Mm -hmm. It was just for my channel. So I kind of forced myself to start liking it. But then once I started liking it, I actually fell in love with it. So then I started doing, like, freelance makeup. Um, So, like, I'll work on music video sets and do, like, the makeup Mm -hmm. for them. So it's kind of crazy how, like, I... I not, you know, I didn't go to school for it, but mm-hmm. it ended up being a big part of my life and I really didn't think it would. So YouTube was the reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. YouTube, YouTube was the inspiration person. and the path. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Are you sharing what you're doing with your um, clothing line also through your channel on YouTube? So not yet. They know about it. Like I've 
talked about it and shown them my designs, but I haven't actually mm-hmm. shown them my process. A lot of people have been asking to see like the, the whole process. I obviously won't show them like the exact way I design it, but like, you know, going through, going to get the stuff and going through LA and like, you know, mm-hmm. showing myself working. So I have been working on vlogs doing that, but I haven't posted them yet because I'm so picky. Like every time I'm just like, oh, I need to add more. But um, so they do want to see it. A lot of people have been asking for that content. So I'm just working on actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this YouTuber recently, she has like 3 million subscribers and she recently shouted out my brand because she featured it in a clothing haul. So which was unexpected. So I have like this huge influx of orders and I do it all myself. So mm-hmm. they've been very patient and very amazing about it. It's been great. But like that kind of threw me off because now I'm like working on the orders instead of the content. So it's like one mm-hmm. or the other kind of. But hopefully one day I'll be able to like get a team to help me out with all that kind of stuff so I can do both. But eventually I will be showing the whole process. <laughs> Long yeah. story short. Yeah. For people who are, who want to be on YouTube, but they're intimidated about it, mm-hmm. how would you recommend they start? Um, I would say now with like our generation and the generation below us, like I feel like it's a lot, people are a lot more accepting it's not as intimidating. It's there's of course cr- like there's cancel culture. There's a lot of you know stuff that goes on, but I think that more people are not as afraid to be themselves. And now that we have mm-hmm. like TikTok and Instagram and all these things, there's just so many platforms that like I feel like no one's really afraid to just post anymore. Whereas back in the day, it was like oh like let me just post a little video and see what happens. But um, I would just do it like if you have even if you don't you know live in LA or like think that your life is like super crazy people just Mm want to see like what you're doing like they just want to be able to watch something and like if you have a great personality if you're really funny like people just love to everyone has a little niche that they like to watch Mm -hmm. Um, because like there's ASMR there's makeup there's fashion like there's a whole bunch of different niches on YouTube but I'm sure like you can find yours so once you find like your niche just start posting. You have to be consistent in the beginning, at least. You should always be consistent, but I can't say that because I'm not anymore. But <laughs> in the beginning, you should be really consistent and like just promote as much as you can. Try to get your friends to promote for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you know, you can't be scared to brand yourself and to put yourself out there and try to get on as many platforms as you can because those platforms can all lead back to YouTube. Like on TikTok, you can link your YouTube channel and it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to get big off of TikTok. So if you do it that way, it's, it all kind of connects together. Mm-hmm. So if you just kind of brand yourself in this big web of social platforms, um, it can all come together and you can, you know, make a living off of it. So that would be my advice. And I see in your background, you've got what looks like a stand <laughs> for your phone. You've got your makeup area. Yeah. How, um, how much, like, do you feel like you're in a set sometimes or is it just natural now? Yeah. So I, I knew I wanted my room to be a certain way because I want to, it's a little bit messy right now, but I wanted to be, you know, I want to be inspired. And I feel like my room is like my haven. Mm-hmm. So when I come in here, like I do have a very specific like vanity and makeup lights and stuff like that. I just, I really want my equipment and everything to be correct. And then mm-hmm. in my living room, I have like a little, you know, backdrop and stuff like that if I want to use it. I don't really use backdrops anymore because I feel like it's more natural just to, you know, use your normal backdrop. But mm-hmm. back in the day, I used to. But yeah, I definitely have like a, a certain vibe that I like in my room and like equipment that I like just to actually like make myself want to, <laughs> to film content and want to do things. Um, so yeah, definitely like a very specific way that I like my room to be in order to inspire myself basically to create mm-hmm. more. How have your followers and subscribers motivated you to keep going? So there, I always, I was just tweeting about this the other day, but 
I have like super supportive followers. Like they are so nice to me. Even when I've like fall off the face of the earth for months, like they welcome me back every time. And um, I just feel very thankful because I know uh, YouTubers get a lot of hate a lot of the time Mm -hmm. for various reasons. But since I've started it since high school, like I've luckily built a following that's very, very supportive. I don't really know how, but I guess (laughs) my energy has drawn in positive energy as well. So I'm very happy for that because they are so supportive. Like they buy my stuff. They are like, they don't care if I've been gone for too long. Like they always support me. Um, you know, if I'm ever feeling down or anything like that, like they always in the comments, it's just such a positive area, mm-hmm. which I really love. That's what makes me want to keep posting for them and interacting with them. And I love talking with them. Like I always ask them to DM me or if any questions or stuff like that. Um, so just the fact that it's such a positive, like subscriber base is what's mm-hmm. really, really motivating for me. I'm really happy that I was able to like build such an area of positivity on my channel Um, Because even other people can come to my channel and look in the comments and like find out some information or find out some advice because we're Mm -hmm. all like always giving advice and tips to each other in the comments. So I just want my channel to be a place for everyone to be able to come and, you know, have positive vibes and get some cool information and watch my journey and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really unique that you've been able to do that because there's so many stories about how mean people can be on, especially YouTube and bullying and everything else. Um, have you had to deal with that yourself through your journey? I would say like not that much mm-hmm. because, but the another thing is like, I don't think that I put myself out there as much as other YouTubers do. So I feel like if I did, I probably would get more hate because I'm, I would say I'm more of a filtered person just in general. Like I don't really share that much with the world. I'm more of like a closed off person, but I think the more that you share with the world, the more hate you get. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why I've been kind of more lucky. But at the same time, I do feel like I do need to share more with people so that they can get to know me better. Um, but yeah, I would say I haven't really had faced that much hate. And if I did, I don't even know how I would handle it. <laughs> so that's an interesting part of my life that I'm probably going to have to face at some point. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I haven't had to face it yet, but I'm sure at some point, you know, everyone has to deal with some type of thing like that. So we'll see. But so far... I think if I put myself out there more, we might run into that, but we'll see. (laughs) So far, so good. (laughs) Good. Yeah. How has this crazy multifaceted year that is 2020, how has it impacted you personally and how has it impacted you professionally? Yeah. So personally, I love the outdoors. I love being around people. I'm a tourist. Like I just love the earth. I love, you know, being in nature and stuff like that. So at the beginning when we were on lockdown, it was really tough. Luckily, I live with my sister and we get along. So it was easy to kind of at least have another person. And we ended up getting a kitten and just like trying to make it work and cooking more and stuff like that. So um, at the beginning when the pandemic hit and it was like a huge lockdown, kind of just trying to find ways to keep myself sane. And um, the brand actually really helped because I was able to focus on just creating clothes. And she was also creating clothes. So it was just a big creative hub in our apartment. Um so personally, I mean, now that things have died down a little bit, you know, whenever I go see one of people, I get tested and everything, but it's, it's getting a little bit better because I've been able to be around people and like see my friends mm-hmm. and family. Um, so personally, it's been definitely a roller coaster of emotions for everyone. I think like we have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on, but, um, just trying to make the best of it mm-hmm. always. Cause you know, you only have one life. So just trying to make adapt and make the best of whatever we can. Um, and then professionally, it actually has helped me because I've been able to focus so much on this. Mm-hmm. 
I've been able to, you know, brand myself more, get myself out there more, and in return have gotten more orders, was able to quit my job so that I can support myself with just my brand. So that in that professional way, it's been really great for me because I've been able to focus. So I think everything's moving in a very positive direction, despite Mm -hmm. the world not really moving in a positive direction, but just have to keep going and, you know, do what you can. So Mm -hmm. at least I'm thankful for that. In addition to the positivity and like the grit and the safe space that you're creating, what else do you kind of put into your brands to mm-hmm. be the change that you want to see in the world? Yeah, I really just want people to like feel themselves and be just like happy and comfortable with themselves. Because I know that's something that I struggled with a lot growing up. It's just like, it's it can be hard to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being afraid of judgment. Like I was so picky with every single thing that I did. And I still kind of am, but I've let that part go a little bit. Because I've learned through my channel and through my subscribers and through my family, like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be so picky. Like just put yourself out there. Because I'm just very like, oh, what if they don't like it? What if they're going to judge me type of thing? So um, I think I remember somebody messaged me and they're like, thank you for like including your bloopers in your videos because it's it's taught me like my videos don't have to be so perfect. Like people want to see the, the silly side of me. Like they want to see mm-hmm. me just being a human. And I didn't even realize like that's an impact that I had on someone. Like I just include my bloopers because they're funny, but it actually like things that we're doing as creators and as like social media influencers actually have an impact on people. And I know that's mm-hmm. what the term influencer means, like influencing people, but you don't really realize it until you get those kind of messages. And you're like, oh, that was such a small thing for me, but it was such a big thing for you. Um, so just kind of continuing to just, you know, do what I can and be myself and not, you know, let judgment and all that and fear mm-hmm. um, take over is a message that I really want to get out there because, you know, it's always all in your head. We're all our worst enemies. So just like, if I hadn't put myself out there, if I hadn't, you know, shown the creations that I made, I would have never started a brand or started a YouTube channel. So you just really have to just get past yourself, basically get over yourself um, and put yourself out there. If you look back to eight-year-old you, would, would she have imagined that you're doing what you're doing now? No, she definitely would have imagined that I would be a talk show host. Like that was my (laughs) thing forever. I was like, I am going to be a talk show host. And I still could, you know, I'm not knocking it. But that was like my path for from childhood until college. I was like, this is I'm doing everything, Mm -hmm. even the YouTube channel to get to that path. And it's funny when I moved to L.A., which is like a part of the path in my mind, it turned into a completely different thing. So I don't try to force anything. Like I don't, you know, I'm not like, oh, I need to be doing this. It's just kind of wherever I feel it's, you know, I'm being drawn to. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I definitely don't think eight-year-old me would have seen me like doing clothes or anything like that or even living in LA. I feel like she she just saw me being a talk show host. Like I just wanted to interview celebrities. Like that's all I wanted to do was like (laughs) be on E! News and be on the red carpet. Like that was my dream. And then it's crazy how things just like, turn and you just kind of adapt and go with it you still could be as you said who knows yeah you never know (laughs) you never know not against it when you think of the words powerful and the word ladies separately what do they mean to you and do they mean anything different when they're combined hmm powerful i feel like just means like being so comfortable with yourself and knowing who you are and like your morals Mm -hmm. and just standing standing with yourself you know, always kind of defending yourself and not letting, you know, things knock you down. I feel like that's powerful. But it's funny because when I think of powerful, I think of women. So I think it does go hand in hand because we are so powerful. Um, You know, I had, 
15 years of, or years of like that being embedded into my brain because of the all girls school, which I'm so thankful for. Cause people always like kind of make fun of you. If you're like, Oh, I went to an all girls school my whole life. They're just like, Oh, that must've sucked. But it's like, no, like the things that I learned and the women that I was surrounded with, I wouldn't change for the world because I'm still friends with all of them to this day. So our class is really small, but I'm like, you know, so we go on trips once a year, like we still try to see each other. Um, so just like the bond that we have as women, I think is so much power. Like we just hold so much power in every aspect of the world, mm-hmm. um, whether people see it or not, like we do. <laughs> and so, I mean, we literally give life. So there's nothing more powerful than that to me. Um, so I think that they really just go hand in hand. Like whenever I think mm-hmm. of power, I think of women. So I love that this is actually called Power for Ladies because I was like, oh, yes, this is like my whole <laughs> life. This is what I <laughs> have been taught. And I'm so thankful that I was taught that um, as a young girl because that that stayed with me throughout my entire life. Mm-hmm. How do you think your perspective of going to an all-girls school and and seeing from an early age that there were there was much power in women, how do you think that um, has influenced your perspective on things like the Me Too movement and modern feminism? Like, yeah. how do you relate to all of that with that background? Um, so I think my whole background has been very like women empowerment the whole way through. Um, my mom was actually like the main, like usually, you know, back then, like the families, it was always like, oh, the father is a breadwinner, the mom stays at home. Um, but it was a cl- complete opposite for me. So I had a completely different upbringing. Like my mom was the main breadwinner and then my dad like took care of us, was, you know, making us dinner, that kind of stuff. So I, from an early, early age, like I always just saw my mom like being so powerful and I was like, mm-hmm. this is just how it's supposed to be. Like <laughs> there is no really gender roles. Like we're just all, you know, doing, you know, what we wanted to do. Um, so translating that into the all girls school and then, you know, with all the Me Too movements happening and every movement happening with women, mm-hmm. um, it's, it feels like it's an, not an endless battle, but it's just like a constant battle. Mm-hmm. But we definitely have made strides. Like obviously there's still the wage gap. There's still like so many things <laughs> that to me, it's hard to wrap my mind around. Cause it's like, we're all just humans. Like why is, what is what's making sense here? But mm-hmm. um, I think that we can't just, you know, it's a, it's a never ending kind of battle, but it's something that is empowering because we all come together. So mm-hmm. to see, you know, women come together and even men supporting us with the movements, it's all, great to see and now with social media and with twitter like it's constantly in your face so it actually can get a little exhausting sometimes just being a woman in general it's like oh i have to to fight to be a woman today like it can be exhausting but um i think it's just kind of like a never-ending movement between all women that we're constantly uplifting each other and Mm -hmm. being there for each other i think is so important um are you hopeful with with all of the um social injustice is such a huge um, discussion in our our media today and in our Mm -hmm. just community conversations. And honestly, I think that's the benefit of what's been going on is that we are bringing these things out into the light. Um, Are you hopeful that things are going to change for women, for minorities, for anybody? Yeah, I think I am hopeful because of our generation and of the generation like below us. I do. I am very hopeful because I see a shift versus mm-hmm. our parents' generation. Like, I feel like the the culture is just so different now. Um, and I think that, like, at least on my, in my realm of things, like, just seeing the shift of, like, people's mindsets, um, I think is very encouraging and optimistic. Mm-hmm. So I do, I am very hopeful about it because I feel like 
people are just not taking it anymore. And like, they never really did, but it's more publicized now um, yeah. with like social injustice, you know, with, you know, cops killing people. Like it, it was never tolerated, but now that it's shown more, like you can just see all the protests, you can see everyone coming together. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that with people being able to see that, they are also able to kind of jump in and know what's happening. So that's like the benefit of social media and this big bubble that we're in. Um, so I think that that is all going to help move it into a positive direction. There's still so, so, so much work to be done. Mm -hmm. But I am hopeful with this new generation and with our generation that we'll be able to do things that we're never going to be able to, that was never done before. Um, yeah. And things are already happening. Like things are already changing as we see. So, you know, it's, I think, moving in hopefully a positive direction. <laughs> Yeah. We still have to keep fighting no matter what. Do you feel like it's different um, back in Pittsburgh versus L.A.? Or do you feel like it's at the same pace? Um, like in what context? Like the for, just lifestyle for just, culture? Yeah, for lifestyle, for like moving forward for, for feminism, moving forward mm -hmm. for um, social justice for all people, like all just all the things. Like there's, yeah, I feel like there's definitely regional... Um, differences, differences. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think LA is way more like LA. I feel like everyone is all for <laughs> the movement. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've met anyone here who isn't. Um, I think it's it's way more of a positive, optimistic vibe over here. Like, people are just trying to get, be good people out here and actually like fight for people. I've been to a lot of protests here, and just the turnout is insane. Like, it's just blocks mm -hmm. and blocks of people. Um, of all races, of all, you know, of everything. So it's been really amazing to see that. In Pittsburgh, for me growing up, it, was, it wasn't it was very diverse there, at least for me, mm -hmm. where I was. Um, so, and I didn't even really realize that growing up because I didn't really know what that was until I moved to D.C., which is where I went to school. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like a culture shock for me because I was like, wow, it's so diverse here. It's so different. There's so many different cultures and people fighting for things in Pittsburgh. I feel like it's a very small city, so mm -hmm. it's not as diverse, but I haven't been back in a while, but I do know like there have been protests, there have been, you know, fighting, mm -hmm. you know, for that, but it's definitely a huge difference in the culture, even mm -hmm. just East Coast and West Coast in general, like the culture is so different. Yeah. So um, I think we're all kind of fighting for the same things, but it's it seems like, you know, California is a huge place, but the fight here is a bit stronger to me um, but this because of the cultural differences, like that's just how it is, but mm -hmm. you know, based on politics and stuff like that. But from what I've seen, I haven't been back to Pittsburgh and I still love that city. Like I will never, you know, um, bash it or anything, but it definitely, for me, it has definitely been a cultural difference and, you know, people's priorities and stuff like that are definitely different in mm -hmm. the both areas. Mm -hmm. For you as a, you know, young female entrepreneur, what do you think are the biggest challenges that you face in building and, and growing your business? Yeah. So I think as a woman, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to be taken seriously. I think now it's a bit better, but I feel like even as a woman, we always kind of have to prove ourselves. And even as a black woman, like, I feel like I have to prove myself even more. And it's, it's harder to kind of get your work out there because as minorities, like we're minorities. So it's harder to like get it out <laughs> to, the, to the masses. But, um, you know, with the whole movement that's been going on, I feel like there has been a lot more support. You know, people are actually waking up and realizing um, mm -hmm. their privilege and a lot of things. So I think that that has been a positive, like a step in the positive direction and has helped a lot of Black-owned businesses. Um, but yeah, I think as a female entrepreneur, I don't really feel like 
because I'm a female that I'm, you know, I can't do certain things that a man can or anything like that. Like, cause of my upbringing, like I just never, I don't feel that way, but mm-hmm. um, I definitely do feel like I have to work harder, but I can still do it. <laughs> so I think I kind of just stay in my own little world. So I don't really like focus on, oh, I'm a female trying to do this. It's more just like, I'm doing this. Like that's yeah. just, that's just me doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that mindset has kind of helped me just keep going. But, you know, I think we all definitely do have our challenges and it can be harder to be taken seriously, especially in the corporate world. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, just making sure that you have a voice and not letting, you know, people minimize that is a big thing. Um, Because when I was working in corporate, I just remember like I actually worked with mostly women, but sometimes it was like intimidating to talk to the CEO because it was just like, oh, I'm just, you know, like (laughs) a little 23 year old girl. Like at the time, I'm 25 now, but it can be intimidating, but I think that I've kind of finally, as I've grown older, gotten past that. Working for myself has empowered me more. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel, as an entrepreneur, way more empowered than I did like working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, who have been some of the powerful women in your life, in addition to your sister and your mom, that mm-hmm. inspire you and have kind of helped you along the way? Yeah, so I had a um, mentor in college. Her name was Dr. Cheers. Shout out to you. Um, but she kind of put me like under her wing. I took one of her courses. It was like a digital media course and she saw something in me to this day. I don't really know like what specifically, but she was just like, I believe in you. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And so she kind of took me under her wing, um, because I went to George Washington university, which was also not very diverse at all. So she was like the only, um, black teacher that I ever had in my life. Actually, I didn't have any growing up. Um, and I didn't have any in college except for her. So Mm -hmm. just seeing another Black woman and her helping me along the way, like, really helps me with everything. Like, she was just so empowering. She was very, like, just encouraging. And she was hard on me, which Mm -hmm. I needed. Um, Anytime I messed up, like, she was just very hard on me. But it was a good (laughs) thing because I just, I learned, I learned so much from her. Um, So her, and then when I moved to L.A., just, like, all the women around me, I'm constantly, constantly inspired by them. Like, there's so much to be inspired by Mm -hmm. in L.A., um, but even, you know, people, I don't know, I'll see them on the tree and just like see something they're doing. I'm just inspired. Like, I just, there's so much in this city to be inspired by. And like the women that I've surrounded myself with, mm-hmm. they all work hard. They are, you know, about their business. Um, don't let anybody take anyone's shit. So, um, I think that is what inspires me the most besides like my mom and my sister and my mentor is just like the the kind of army of women that I've surrounded myself with and always will. (laughs) And even my friends from, you know, from school, from back home, like they're always inspiring me too. So it's cool to just kind of build this network of women supporting and uplifting each other. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of always been, I think, subconsciously what I've done throughout my life. Um, And then I'm like here and I'm like, oh yes, I have this big, great support system and we all support each other. So Mm -hmm. that. When you look um, forward, what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? And what do you see as the next like big steps for you to take in your career and as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to stay in clothing forever, just because I kind of feel like I hopped into this and I'm passionate about it, but I don't see this being the end for me. Um, I'm, I really actually want to produce. I really love, you know, producing like I would want to produce a, a TV show one day. I would still love to like maybe dapple into the talk show host type of thing. But I really love like creating content as well and like doing that. So it's, I think that with my business, um, if I can, my goal right now is to move towards less manual 
work since mm-hmm. everything's custom made. Um, it takes up a lot of my time. And I, while I love doing it because it's a form of art for me, it does, it's a lot of manual labor. So uh, trying to kind of figure out how I can mass produce it instead is my main mm-hmm. goal right now. Um, and then eventually like, you know, having a team that can take over, not fully, but, you know, to help me with that. Yeah. And then I can move on with other things. Um, cause I'm the kind of person that like, I just don't like to focus on just one thing. I love to do all as much as I can like within this life. So, um, me too. yeah, so I don't want to just, just focus on this right now. It's my main focus, but hopefully after this, I do want to go back to like building up my own personal brand just as Lainey and not just like as Cozier, but as myself. And I think with building yourself as a brand, then you're able to do anything you want, basically. Like mm-hmm. if you can, you know, maintain a big following and like network a lot of people and kind of just have your own brand, then you're like, okay, well, I can be a singer. I can do this. I can do that. Like I have the support system already. So it's really just focusing on just building myself and then being able to dabble into anything I want at that point. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a trend, right? Of like people becoming their own, their own brands now. Right. Um, more people seeing that they can step into entrepreneurship and small business and like leaning in on being their own boss. What advice would you have for people who are listening and they're like, should I do it? Can I do it? What would you tell them? I, I have these exact same questions like three, <laughs> four months ago because I was constantly, I think for a year I debated quitting my job. Like I just wasn't happy anymore. And I was like, I want to work for myself. I remember just being like, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this and that? And it was just so much pressure that I was putting on myself. But I was like, Mm -hmm. I realized I was like, if I'm if I'm helping this brand so much and like they are growing so much because of like the work that I'm doing, if I just do that same work for myself and put in the same hours, like eventually something positive is going to happen. Like I can do that, too. So Mm -hmm. I did save up some money. I would recommend saving up before you just quit your job, because especially in like this pandemic, like you definitely need to, you know, have some type of plan. But um, I just try to save up as much as I could. And then I remember talking to my mom and I thought she was going to be like, no, don't quit your job. But she immediately was like, yeah, quit your job. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, if my mom says I can quit my job, then I'm going to quit my job. So <laughs> she literally was like the, the, the tipping point for me because I was like thinking about it for so long. And when your own mother is like, oh, you should just quit your job and just bet on yourself. I'm like, okay, well, if my mom said it, I'm just going to do it. So I did it. And it, it was scary at first because I'm very afraid of change. Like just when things change, I'm like, what is happening? So it takes a lot for me to adapt sometimes, but every time I've had to have a big change, it's always worked out for the best. So I'm learning that every single time. So Mm -hmm. by me leaving that job, it just everything, like so many opportunities opened up like immediately almost. Um, And I, you can't really predict what's going to happen or really set yourself up fully, but try to set yourself up as much as you can save up as much as you can and then invest in the right things like get build like a support system that can help you and help you make the right decisions because it's not just you like you don't have to be alone or try to make Mm -hmm. all these decisions by yourself um talk to people who have already done it before like i talked to a bunch of people that had already quit their job and they're just they all had ended up you know being way better and in la it's like it's it's not easy to find opportunities but there's just so many opportunities that it's you can find something. So it's scary. It's very, very scary. And you kind of don't know what's happening sometimes. But for the most part, if you really just put in that same work that you have been putting into somebody else's brand or somebody else's company, um, and sometimes double time that work, but it will work out. There's no way it can't if you're working that hard and making the right moves and kind of just being smart with it. um, You will be absolutely fine. 
mm-hmm. if not even better. <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't agree more with the power of a community. It's why we created the Powerful Ladies one because right. there's, as an entrepreneur, it can be so intimidating and scary and there's like such a roller coaster ride. Yeah. So when you're able to surround yourself with other women in particular who are going through it with you, it changes things. Like you can mm-hmm. trade ideas and you can like, I need this, who has this? Oh, I've got that. Yep. And just being able to ask the questions that you might be afraid to ask anyway, because you know, sometimes being an entrepreneur, there's a whole element of like shame and guilt yeah. about it. Yeah. Because you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I know what I'm doing. There's founders fraud. There's, you know, we get nervous to ask the questions that we need to ask for our business mm-hmm. to survive. And there's something empowering of like being around other people who are in it. We were like, okay, well, if they ask that question, I'm going to ask mine now. Absolutely. And it's just cool to like see everyone rising together because it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm a... I like building things with people. So Mm -hmm. being able to do it together is just a lot more fun. Yeah, you saying like, because back when I had my job and people would ask me what I would do, I'm like, oh, I'm a content manager for Live Glam. Like that was my identity. That was what I was. Mm -hmm. And now when people ask me what I do, I'm just like, I'm an entrepreneur. And like, I feel like the (laughs) word entrepreneur to people now is just like, I I don't think it has a negative connotation, but it's just like, okay, but what do you really do? Like, it's hard to kind of describe like, having an identity versus like, oh, I just, I'm a creative, like, you know, I just have a a laundry brand. I do this and that. So I think that part I really struggled with because I was so used Mm -hmm. to just being like, I'm a content manager, even like trying to like find a new apartment. It's like, oh, what do you do? Like, where's your pay stubs? Like stuff like that. It's it's a bit harder as an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, but it all kind of works out, but it's just like, you kind of have to go through a little, some different, you know, whirlwinds to get where you're going versus like having that nine to five being like I do this here are my pay stubs so yeah. that part I'm kind of like learning along the way but for the most part I wouldn't trade it for the world like I get to make my own schedule I get to enjoy the beach every now and then living in LA that's why I moved here like to enjoy the weather and the beach <laughs> so that part is what makes it all worth it for me mm-hmm. yeah there's definitely a little bit of blowback in the sense that the word entrepreneur is treated a little bit like the word influencer is yeah where it's like oh cool you're someone who does nothing awesome and you're like yeah, no exactly. that is the opposite <laughs> of what we're doing yeah yeah mm-hmm. i know there's even when we we look at like our marketing that we're doing and the content we're making on the powerful lady side or on the cara duffy brand side Mm-hmm. we are stepping back from using the word entrepreneur too much because a lot yeah. of people, even if they are technically an entrepreneur, they would never call themselves that. So right. it's like small business, business owner, your yes. own boss, like having to put all these other terms in. So people are like, oh yeah, that's me. But that yes. scary, big like E word, I can't spell. That's it's not the me. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. I think the word small business has been like the biggest like buzzer keyword the past like pandemic. Like it's like, mm-hmm. I'm a small business owner. I'm this and that that has really become in place of entrepreneur, I feel like. Yeah. It's like a huge keyword now. So yeah, I definitely have been using that more than entrepreneur because it's just like, I feel like it's not taken as seriously. Yeah. And it's not, um, it seems like it's almost respected more than entrepreneur, which is so silly because it's it's the same (laughs) definition. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) We ask everybody on the podcast where they rank themselves on the powerful lady scale with zero being average everyday human and 10 being the most powerful lady possible. Where would you rank yourself today? And where do you think you would rank yourself on average? Okay, today I'm feeling like a six, but on average, I feel like I teeter between like a four and a five. 
because today I'm feeling like a six because I just feel like my life is moving in such a positive direction and everything that I'm doing is a result of me being a powerful woman. So um, I have a lot of, I'm like staring at my orders that I have to do. So I'm like, (laughs) oh, I have all these, you know, positive things happening and I'm, you know, doing all these orders and people are are excited to get them. And I just feel like that power that that holds is very exciting. Um, But normally I feel like a four because I feel like I still have so much work to do. Like there's so much I still need to educate myself on. There's so much, many more people I need to network with and meet just Mm -hmm. to feel like I have, you know, a big, powerful network of women that I can still get inspired by because I know people that look up to me, but I also look up to a ton of people. So I feel like I still have a lot. I still need to find myself more. Um, mm-hmm. I'm 25 now and I've come a long way, but I still feel like I have days where I'm just like, I have no idea who I am or what I'm doing. And I think that when I see, when I look at other people, a lot of people at least seem to know exactly who they are and exactly what they're, you know, what they stand for. And I feel like I'm still kind of figuring that out. So I feel like mm-hmm. when when that comes, I will feel more of like a powerful woman. So just, I think that comes with like experience and age. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of the things I have experienced, there's so much I haven't experienced yet. So I feel like yeah. once I do that, I just will feel like I'm becoming more of myself and growing into myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I feel like I live in such a bubble right now with everything going on, I feel like I've kind of halted because I'm just like... I feel like kind of like at a plateau, basically, because yeah. I'm just like, I, it has very been like a lot of mental growth with, you know, being by yourself most of the time. But I still just feel like there's a lot more to to learn and to experience. So once I do that, I do feel like I'll feel more powerful and become more of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to come with just time and experience. Yeah. No, it's it's like an ongoing um, scale, right? Like it's... Mm-hmm. I, I'm so fascinated by the answers that people give to that question on this podcast, because I've had people say they're 15s and other people be like, I'm a one. And you're like, you're all powerful. <laughs> right. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. It's easy for, like, other people to look at someone else like, what? You're, you know, you're so this, but as I said, like, we're our biggest critics. So it's hard mm-hmm. to like, you know, feel that way. But cause you see other people and you're like, oh, she is so powerful. Like she's so confident. She's this. And yeah. especially with Instagram, it's like, oh, look at all these confident people all over the screen. Like it's, <laughs> you get kind of lost into that. Cause you're just like, you know, you start comparing yourself and all those kinds of things that just kind of happen. But I, that's kind of like the downfall of like having all these social media platforms is like the comparison and like thinking, you mm-hmm. know, she's way more powerful than me, like that kind of stuff. But Um, I think you really just have to hone in on yourself and like to stay, you know, focused and whatever is powerful to you, you being a powerful woman is, is what it is. Like there's no actual definition of what that is. So however you feel about it is what you are kind of thing. I love that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, as we are wrapping up today, are there any last words of advice or wisdom you would love to give everyone listening? Um, quit your job if you hate it. <laughs> and I promise you it's going to be okay. If you have any questions, you can always message me. Um, I've been getting a lot of that. So I'm all for just living your life. Like I just, that's been my biggest thing that I've learned this year is like, I never just want to be stuck in a situation that I don't want to be in because I, we literally only have one life. And I know it sounds so corny and all that kind of stuff, but like Not you literally just have to, yeah, you literally just have to live your life how you want to, because I know it's easier said than done, but any decision that you can make to make yourself happy and to better your life, you should do it and just kind of, you know, you'll figure it out either way. Um, but I'm just really big on like, you need to be happy and live the life how you want to live because they're, if you don't like, it's just, what have you been doing your whole life kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So, 
Um, really anything that you can do, even the smallest things that you can do to just to improve your life, improve your mindset. Um, I've been trying to read more and like do things to like stimulate my mind more. So I'm not like, you know, becoming a little shell, but yeah, I'm just very big on like living your best life basically because we only have one. So anything that you can do to do that, I highly encourage you to do it. I love that. I agree. Be intentional, right? Yes, exactly. It's way more fun, as you said. <laughs> way more. I'm like, yes, I can go to the beach today. I can do... It's still work hard, but, you know, work yeah. hard, play hard type of thing. I'm big on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Yes. Well, it has been such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And I yeah. can't wait to share you with the whole audience. Yay. Thank you. This has been amazing. It's been great to meet you guys. I've heard about you. So I'm just like, yes, I feel like it's to talk to them. So super excited about this. And thank you so much for having me. To connect, support, and follow Lainey, you can find her on Instagram at Life of Lainey and at Shop Cozier. And of course, on YouTube at Life of Lainey. For all the other ways you can connect with Lainey, follow her, buy from her, etc., you can find it at thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Powerful Ladies Podcast. There are so many ways you can get involved and get supported with fellow powerful ladies. First, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. Join the Powerful Ladies Thrive Collective. This is the place where powerful ladies connect, level up, and learn how to thrive in business and life. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. And of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love. <laughs>